I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. This story, Something in My Teeth, might be the most universally appreciated story, as I'm guessing it is something that is universally experienced by the human race. The twist is, what's it like when Jesus is around and you have something in your teeth? You have something in your teeth, he said, and pointed to the incisor on the right side of his mouth. Jesus and I were having dinner together, and I felt the familiar flush of insecurity well up in me. It seems universally embarrassing to have food stuck in your teeth. I involuntarily flashed back to my elementary school cafeteria, where some poor kid, me included, would get made fun of just about every lunch. Often the kid would blush and turn his face away. Sometimes the kid would even run out of the lunchroom. It's strange that although every kid has had food stuck in their teeth at some point, every kid feels ashamed by it when it happens to them. I pictured all the poor elementary kids having the same experience now. Well, heck, for that matter, all the adults still having this experience when they are found with proverbial food in their teeth. Par for the course, the food in my teeth made me want to turn away, hide my face in embarrassment, and maybe even excuse myself from the table. It's the same reaction I have when I think, say, or do something that I know Jesus wouldn't. I want to turn away, to hide my face, to run away from him. But he was showing me something very different sitting right here with me. If I could get past that first wave of embarrassment, I found that I was actually drawn to him, and I realized why. He was telling me that I had food in my teeth, not because it was embarrassing to him, but because he was looking out for me. He wasn't trying to make his dinner date all shiny and perfect so people would think more of him. He just knew I wouldn't want to walk around with food in my teeth. I realized that being here with him in this kind of moment Actually hearing and seeing him say that I had food in my teeth was so very different than I would have imagined it being. But then again, what could I have imagined differently now that I know him? His tone was so kind, his expression so purely accepting. Jesus had a way of turning my interpretation upside down sometimes, and this was one of those times. What else was like that? What had I heard wrong, and then misinterpreted about Jesus. Food in my teeth, sin in my life. Could it be that the fundamental response to my sin, the thing that makes me want to turn away and even run away from God, needed right-sighting? What if his offer to forgive sin wasn't to cleanse me because he couldn't stand it, but for my own sake, knowing I don't want to walk around with food in my teeth? What if we needed forgiveness less for God, but more for our own sake? Not because God can't be around us, but because we won't allow ourselves to be around God with our sin. 
Goodness gracious, that is not what I've been thinking all this time. What came clear in that moment wasn't all of the theological implications of this realization. That wasn't the point. The point was that if I really wanted to know Jesus, I needed to hear and see him for who he really is and how he really is. I needed to be with him and let him show me what he means, what he's like, instead of me being the judge of everything, especially of him. Jesus waited patiently till I came back to the present and to our dinner table outside of a cafe along the Camino, which translates as Frogtown in English. The story is that some military there referred to it because of the frogs croaking in the nearby lake. I still had food in my teeth. He pointed again to his top right incisor. Before responding, I froze, though, seriously pondering, does God use the mirror image method or actual side method when pointing out food in people's teeth? I reached for my left side, he said, other side. So I got the little piece of potato skin out of my teeth and got insight into the heart of God. Now I confidently returned his big smile and said, thanks, Jesus. While my heart blushed anew, overwhelmed that Jesus wanted to have dinner with me. How many others have felt that when they encountered Jesus? I think about the story of Jesus hanging out with a Samaritan woman. She wasn't a popular woman for a lot of reasons, but there he was giving his full attention to her. He wasn't thrown off by her unsavory history or reputation, nor by her lack of popularity or respect. Even that kind of food in her teeth did not stop Jesus from pursuing her. I can't fully know what that woman felt while Jesus gave his undivided attention to her, but I have a taste because I also just had food in my teeth. I so hope to love people like Jesus, and sometimes I do. That is, until I don't. Because this is the point when the guy in the yellow coat shows up. I had seen this guy somewhere along the Camino. He had a yellow jacket and was short, and I just did not like him. Could I say exactly why? No. I honestly could not come up with any clear reason, but that did not diminish my distaste for him. So I tried to come up with reasons to like him and came up short again, pun not intended. You know how when you're in a new place, you only see what you see and you actually have no idea what you're not seeing. But then as you settle in and interact with the place, some of the things you didn't know you weren't seeing begin to come onto your radar. And then once you notice them, you can't help but see it. Like that certain car that you want and then you see it everywhere or the zit on your face that you're sure everyone else does too or how someone pronounces a word differently than you and it bothers you every time. Like when my husband and I were invited to observe a brain surgery in Southeast Asia, we kept mumbling, once seen cannot unsee and it's true. I asked myself that same question about this man. How many times was I around him or how many times was he in my visual landscape before I knew to notice him? I have no idea. What I do know is that once seen cannot unsee. And sure enough, once he registered in my cognition as the regional appearance of the short guy in the yellow jacket, there was no unseeing him. <laughs> 
In fact, somehow it felt like he was everywhere. And I have to say it because although this book is engaging holy imagination, it is also rooted in my real experience. And the truth is, I just plain did not like this guy. Listener, I hope you have heard enough to consider me a thoughtful, sensitive person. I do not not like many people. I really don't, which means I do like most people. But whatever I tried, I simply could not seem to like this one. Which made me ask the question, what do we do when we simply can't like someone or find respect for them? What do we do when we can't see eye to eye and just simply disagree? What do we do when we can't seem to rise above? I really do believe that I'm a thoughtful, sensitive person, but I am a person and I cannot come up with a good answer or any answer at this point. That's when Jesus enters the picture. And this made the whole picture different. So now here we are at this cafe table in northern Spain. The compulsion and repulsion I feel is like a science experiment happening inside of me. It spoke of the irresistible compulsion I had to want to be near Jesus. It also spoke of the repulsion I had toward this guy. It was proof that with his equal but opposite force theory, Newton was on to something. But these only seemed to be equal forces for a moment. As soon as I settled down and looked at Jesus and therefore stopped looking at the distaste I had for this guy, the scales very naturally tipped. Call me a groupie, but Jesus won. I'm telling you, he is the strongest, most wonderful, most magnetic force I've ever experienced. He beats gravity. He beats brokenness. He beats fission. He beats shame. And so I stayed with him, which meant I stayed with them. I would so like to report that after sitting with the short guy in the yellow jacket at the same table for dinner for a while, that I found a new appreciation for him. But I have to confess, I couldn't. And I have to admit, I still don't really like him. Here's the thing, though. My judgment of him was no longer the hinge pin. It didn't matter that I didn't like him because Jesus did. I felt this huge psychological weight fall from my shoulders. It was okay that I couldn't. I just had to be willing to draw near to Jesus and Jesus would draw near to the guy. And then there wasn't a whole lot of space between. But it wasn't all up to me. It wasn't on me to like everyone. That's on God. And wouldn't you know it, then it dawned on me that the guy might not like me either. But Jesus did. And somehow, throughout time and space and everything holy, that is all that mattered. <laughs>